Entry Level is on a mission to reskill 1 billion people by 2030. This is an audio series to give you the day in a life and insider insights into the most in demand jobs. Hey everyone, welcome to this Entry Level Audio Wiki. Today we're going to be diving into the wonderful world of product planning with Chad with Shadana. And we're going to be looking in the context of the company of Hyundai. You want to say a quick hi to everyone that's listening? Hey everyone, how's it going? I'm sure they're doing well, even though no one's responding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love for you to just like talk a little bit about like what a product planner is or like, you know, how you even discovered this role. And like, we should keep in mind that this is a product planner in the context of automotive industry, uh, which may be different to other industries. So maybe, yeah, talk a little bit about what a product planner is and how you discovered it. You're muted. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, so the first way I got into product planning was actually as an intern at Audi. The way I first got into that was by really just looking at, I just really wanted to work in the automotive industry. And I was just literally going through every manufacturer's website that operated in Australia and seeing what jobs they had. And that's when I came across this product planning intern role at Audi. So essentially I just applied for it. And yeah, I pretty much just went went to the interview and talked about how much I'm passionate about the automotive industry and yeah, got in through that and then did that for about six months. And then this role at Hyundai popped up, graduate role, but similar role to what I was doing at Audi, but the graduate role at Hyundai and yeah, just essentially just work my way out from there. Makes sense. And what is it that a product planner does? So essentially, so you, everyone's probably heard like of product managers, but in the automotive industry, the product is very complicated. So we don't essentially have a product manager, but you have the roles essentially split into a couple of roles, but mainly it's like product planning, product marketing, and it, the sales also put some input into that, into the whole planning of the product. So essentially what a product planner does is they look at pricing and positioning and essentially the whole lineup of the product. So the whole point of this is to pretty much cater the product to the local market. So if you look at a car, you can you know it's a very complicated product. There's lots of different aspects, and between each different market, the product varies significantly. So, say for example, if you look at Australia, the target customers are much more different compared to the target customer of say America. And a car is a very expensive investment, and because of this, we need to cater the product to the target customer very carefully. And because it's a very complicated product, you need someone that literally looks at each specification and seeing how, how can we align these specifications to make the customer feel like they're getting the most value for money. And the way we do this is by looking at what do our, uh, our competitors currently offer in the market and then how can we offer a product that essentially provides more value for money or if we, for some reason, because of cost or something, we have to charge more, how can we provide more at this high cost? For example, EVs, they're very expensive to develop and because of this, we can't always get the lowest price. However, if we can offer more, if we can offer more, pretty much whole purpose is to try to offer more value. And the way we do this is by looking at packaging or specifications and pricing and positioning. Yeah, I probably rambled on a bit there. Might have to. Yeah, that makes sense. So it, like with that, I think what's really interesting is like the car is already made overseas, right? And you're just thinking about how to package that car up and sell it to the Australian consumer. So like, you know, talking through like the steps that are involved in, in doing that, I guess like launching a new car in Australia. Okay, yeah, so yeah, like you mentioned, we can't, we don't actually get to work with the engineers to develop the car. We're pretty much told, okay, this is what's available. 
how would you like to package it to the market? So this whole process takes a couple, sometimes two to three years for like initial stages start about two to three years before we launch the actual product. And what they normally do is first they say, okay, this is what we're planning on. Like the engineers and everyone in at the factory back at head office in Korea will contact us and be like, okay, this is what we have available. This is what we're planning on doing. What do you think? And would you like to maybe give us some input on something, say, if we're not planning on offering something, is there something that you would like in say two to three years? So we would look at what the current market's doing and see, try and see any trends of certain features and say, okay, look, this is maybe you can implement this into the product. But most of the time we get, we can't exactly influence the development of the product. We're just told, okay, this is what you're given. And then essentially this journey takes like, it's a very iterative process. We go back and forth with the factory and the head headquarters in Korea. And we essentially try and see how can we use the specifications that you've told us that will be available and package it in a way that we can maximize reach to the, to the market and see, and essentially how we do this is, you know, looking at price points and see where do customers spend the most money at different price points and why. So the way we find out why is by looking at something called a new car buyer survey. So that tells us, okay, so, so some customers fill out these surveys and say, okay, why did they buy this car or what was their previous car? And we try and see why did they purchase a certain product and seeing how how can we use this data to you know package our car to be better than our competitors and but at the same time we can't, we can't just pick a price just because we want it just because it will be the best for the market we have to actually meet other goals as well in terms of finance financial goals for example like gross margin and stuff like that so we have to make all stakeholders of the business happy so the sales team are always asking you know they want volume but then the finance is like we've got to make money so got to balance all that while also balancing the marketing stories we want to so how, how do we position this car to tell, sell our product story? So it's really a balancing act of all these many things while also being limited to being able to how much we can actually influence the product. So it's really, you know, picking and choosing how can we package the product to meet the most customers and price this so that it's also com competitive while also being able to meet revenue and profit margins, targets, sorry, and also be able to reach out to sales targets. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're basically one given a product, you're figuring out what kind of like features and you can also tier the product a little bit. So, you know, there could be the sports version or the, you know, I don't know how cars work, but like the different versions of the car yep, and yep, then yep. package them up. And then you're essentially doing a really thorough pricing analysis. So you're talking to all the different stakeholders involved to figure out the pricing that you're going to launch at. Um, exactly. Is there anything else that you do in product planning or is that the main function of a product planner? Um, so that, that's probably what we spend the most time doing. But mm -hmm. as a product planner, you're also the product expert within the business. So for example, when marketing create marketing collateral and the website, they have to run all that by us because we're the ones that work directly with the product. So they'll say, for example, if they make a brochure, they'll ask us to review it to make sure there's no errors in the information they're communicating or the images that are pictured in the brochure to make sure they're accurate. Because sometimes we get given global marketing assets, but these assets won't reflect what the product we're actually offering. So we have to tell them, you know, this is wrong. Can you please get a retouch, for example, like that? And we also have to look like once we finished all this whole process of developing, sorry, planning the car, we have to actually launch the vehicle to media and the key journalists. So that involves, you know, presentation that, you know, essentially delivers the initial uh, first impression to make sure the product story is actually communicated effectively and the key messaging is also delivered, which is actually pretty exciting because it's not an opportunity that a lot of people get. And yeah, another key, pretty cool thing is we get to, you know, drive a lot of cars because we can't 
plan a car unless we get to see what our competitors are offering. And the best way to do that is actually drive them. So we literally have to know how, like we have to be very experienced with how our competitors offer their vehicles. So yeah, that's a pretty cool thing as well that we get to do. Wait, so you're just sitting there driving other cars just to get a feel for it? Yeah, so essentially we, so it's like a thing that in the automotive industry, it's like a thing where competitors, we actually lead, like borrow cars and then we we essentially do like car swaps. So they get to see what our product's like and we get to see what their product's like. Just to oh, get so they're, they're okay with this. This is like everyone's just like, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, let's, let's do analysis yeah. on each other. Yeah, pretty much because they know, if they say no, we can just go to a dealership or something and then there's, there's always a way to get a car. So if we, if we're all friendly to each other, then that we're both, we'll both get something out of it. So that's, that's so why we do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting industry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so what I'm understanding is like the units of work here is most of your work is like, you know, figuring out the pricing model uh, through stakeholder management when you introduce a new product to Australia. And then you're basically launching the product from a PR perspective. So I, I assume you're doing like a, a presentation and you're, you're pitching the car essentially to, to PR reps. And then you said you're testing cars and also acting as the product expert. So like when a car is launched, you're basically reading up on everything about the car. And then if anyone has a question or, you know, you're also quality assuring like marketing and other sort of things that go out of the company. Is that like your job in a nutshell? Pretty much. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you already kind of touched upon this, but like, what are your favorite parts of the job? Favorite parts of the job is probably because I love cars, but one of the favorite parts is obviously being able to drive so many different cars and, you know, being one of the first within the business to know what's coming so we get to actually see a lot of future models before a lot of other people because because we need a plan for future models we actually get to see the models really early and this information we actually can't tell anyone it's actually very confidential so we get to deal with a lot of confidential information it's pretty cool but i guess the most satisfying part is when you go through this iterative process you've got back and forth with headquarters in korea and working with senior management in the australian division finally getting the final pricing and the model lineup and the specifications signed off by both australia and korea once that's all signed off it's very satisfying because you know like you put a lot of work into it and it's actually going to you know that once you do this this is the pricing and specifications that the whole country will be using for example if you see say like Hyundai Kona Highlander if you see one on the road I planned that car all the specifications yeah, yeah. Was because of me, I, so. I did that yeah. that was me <laughs> oh really <laughs> no I did yeah. like um, yeah I get the feeling of just like you know seeing seeling your product on the on the road exactly just, yeah, like, yeah like, feeling that but like yeah. I pretty much brought that here you know what I mean like it's very yeah. satisfying to say that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Okay, this one's a little bit tougher, but like, you know, what are the things that aren't so great about your job? Potentially things that you wish were automated, outsourced, like just things that you'd rather not be doing and or that you just have to get through for the better parts of the job. So yeah, it sounds very exciting, but some of this stuff actually does get very repetitive. For example, even getting like, but sometimes you have to, even getting like the pricing and specifications signed off, sometimes it gets repetitive because your senior management might not be happy with what you're getting or a, a competitor might all of a sudden just change pricing and then you have to do this whole process all over over again and sometimes it just gets a bit frustrating but it's just part of the job I guess and being a product planner you're like sometimes it feels like you're the most your team really focuses on a lot of the details and some some other teams don't exactly care as much it yeah. gets a bit frustrating because they just want to get the job done but they don't realize that there's actually a lot of details to focus on and yeah sometimes you just wish everyone else shared that attention to detail but yeah other than that with any job there's a lot of repetitive tasks to do and yeah just the same issues as any other job but yeah other than that pretty good yeah makes sense what about what kind of traits do you see that like the best product planners have and then also like you know what kind of people do you think will really enjoy this job or like you know thrive in this job good question so essentially you need to have a 
very, very, very high attention to detail. So for example, like if you're given a, a picture of a car, you should be able to tell if it's got the right tires on it, for example, just by looking at a picture or- Yeah, there's no way, there's no way I'll do that. <laughs> that sounds impossible. Well, you've got to zoom in really high. <laughs> well, like um, every every tire looks the same to me personally, but yeah. makes sense. No, but all you got to do is like, like see if the correct branding and the correct back yeah. of the tire. Yeah. But yeah, like stuff like that. It's like, like some people wouldn't enjoy that, but some people do. So for example, I, I have, I like looking at that stuff. So it's a bit like a OCD thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Another thing is, you know, you got to be a car nut. You got to love cars. You got to, you got to be really passionate about cars. You got to live for it. But yeah, pretty much as long as you love cars, have really high attention to detail and, you know, do a lot of ad hoc tasks. And just, if you're given something to do now, you have to be able to be prepared to drop everything and just do it. That's just how it is. It's very ad hoc. There's a lot of ad hoc tasks that you have to do. But yeah, pretty much those are the main things. It's not that you don't have to be a genius. You've got to, you know, work hard. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, awesome. Um, I want to dig more into the fact that like you did mechanical engineering in university. What kind of backgrounds do product planners usually have? And, uh, you know, is there any beneficial backgrounds they should have or is there no barrier to entry? Like how does that work? Essentially, I find if you have a technical background like engineering, it helps because it helps you understand the different specifications in a car that you can, for example, if you want to choose like the, the powertrain of a vehicle with it, when you have a, so you don't have to be an engineer, but if you have a technical background or if you understand how engines work, it really helps you decide, oh, this, this is more suitable for this this trim. When I say trim, is how how you previously mentioned how you have like a sport version and stuff like that. So for example, you would want a, like a yeah. turbo engine on a sport product, but on a normal vehicle, you don't need a turbo engine. Having that technical background really helps. You don't actually need to be, you don't need the thoroughness of an engineer, but doing engineering definitely helps. But in terms of backgrounds, like in my team, there's people that have done business, marketing, engineering. It's very, very, very broad area. It's more just, just it really just attracts those that into cars. And usually if you're into cars, you already have that technical background. It just comes with it. So yeah. Yeah. So there's no actual real like hard and fast requirement that you must be an engineer. It's just like, do most people have a degree as a product owner? Yeah, most people usually have a degree. Yeah. So there is someone, I haven't come across a couple of people who have actually gone into product planning through just being in the automotive industry. So they might've been in like a mechanic and been like, in like, for example, like technical training where they, where, which, where usually they you need to be a mechanic to get into the team. And then they've worked, like they've just been in industry for a long time and then they've, you know, transferred into product planning. So you don't exactly, I've, I think you don't really, most places you do need a degree, but if you're really passionate and you are a really hard worker, you don't actually need a degree to get into it. Like yeah. you can, as long as you're in the automotive industry and, you know, say if you've been a mechanic or something, it's also a way into it. Yeah, awesome. Um, I mean, off the, back, off the back of that, like, you know, my last question is just like, do you have any advice for anyone that might be listening that has listened to you and said, yeah, this well, sounds like an awesome job. Like any advice to anyone? That, oh, advice. Mm. Yeah, that, um, you know, might be listening to this, you know, audio wiki and then said, yes, this is an awesome job. Like, how do I get into it? What, what would you say to them? Well, I will say it's a very, very niche, niche market. These jobs don't mm-hmm. pop up a lot. I've actually, I'm pretty lucky to have actually gone into the industry, but at the same time, you must know that there's not a lot of jobs out there. So I wouldn't recommend just like trying to just get this job. I would say mm. keep this as, as an option, but don't be like, oh, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else because yeah. it won't be the smartest thing to do. You want to keep yourself open to other things as well, especially because automotive industry is very limited in Australia, unfortunately. So that's why it's even more exciting. But yeah, so it's not, it's more for people that are really passionate and you won't, you won't be like, you know, like rich, like an investment banker, but you know, it will, it will pay the bills obviously, but don't expect to be, you know, get rich quick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just like keeping your um, options a bit open because this role like seems very similar to product management and product yes. owners and other sort of uh, areas. And it also kind of touches upon product marketing, yes, but this is yeah. quite a niche role in terms of like what you'll be doing because you'll be in the 
automotive industry and like not exactly. only not every industry has this kind of stuff like i don't even think you do like these formal pr releases for other products like this is a very car thing right so um yeah <laughs> but yeah but definitely yeah, like yeah. yeah but definitely the skills that you do they are definitely transferable so although it is different to say say product management or product marketing there's definitely things you can learn from a role like this and then you know divert diverge into other roles or going yeah. even like because we also work with the sales a lot you can even go down like the sales path for example but yeah very true yeah awesome well thanks so much for sharing your story i appreciate your time mm-hmm.